Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning. It is your man, Ike Jones. We are here, War Eagle, to my entire War Report family. We're here talking about the competitions going on during spring, which one seemed to be super intriguing right now. It seems as if Coach Hugh Freeze is really, truly embracing a culture of competition right now on the plains. Let's get in here and talk about it. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Drop it on them. Now, now listening, listening to, to the Wall Report. Friday, March 31st, the morning drop. Your man Ike Jones in here. Be Will this mm-hmm. morning in here talking a little competition. Mm-hmm. How you feeling this morning, B? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Pretty good. Little one slept all through the night. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. And then the older one got up because he was having bad dreams. So, you know, we can't win for losing. But it's all good. It's all good. We still in here, man. Got the fresh brew. I got to get my morning drop mug. You know what? If y'all hadn't got that morning drop mug, I need y'all to get it. I'm about to get mine. I still want my special order one, Ike. Special colors only available. See, Ike did this thing where he made the merch. He made merch right, and he made a blue War Report hat. Oh, but it's available now to everybody, so you can't even say that. Oh, so you you opened it up to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for the first two years of the channel's existence, could nobody have that blue hat but Ike, see? I mean, he be doing just, it when he want to do it. I ordered, I ordered mine special. Mm-hmm. And when everybody said, "Man, can I please have one?" And he was like, "No, no, he, just for me." But no, but like since like, then, since then, uh-huh. Warport.com, go to the shop. It's available. There's a blue one. Yeah, yeah, it's on there now. But anyway, I'm gonna get my special mug and let everybody go. Oh, <laughs> can when we can can we get that one? Be with? I'm be like, nah, two years. Just like I made y'all wait for the hat, two years. <laughs> They don't even sell the color change mugs no more. So if y'all got the color change joints, you like that was like limited edition, bro. Oh man. Yeah, Ethan, you got lucky, man. <laughs> For real. Anyway, we that here, ain't got nothing to do with what we're supposed to be talking about. We in here. We in here. Yeah, man. But uh so he, okay, so here, here's kind of what sparked the thought in my head. And I have a couple of thoughts. Uh, and we're gonna play a clip. If you guys haven't seen, this is from the Monday presser, right? So this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it's new a new press conference thing. You can see the full thing on the channel. It is available there for viewing. But just a clip of Hugh Freeze talking about kind of the competition that's going on. And, you know, I, I think Mike G is the one he's like, he's, just, he's not sure that they're not making decisions about depth chart and things of that nature. And they might, you know, they might be weeding out like the top, the cream of the crop from the very bottom. But the question is whether or not they're making this guy's a starter conversation competition situations right. right now. So let's talk, let's listen to what Coach Hugh Freeze had to say, and then we'll jump back in and talk a little bit more about it. But again, it's it's still a competition. I, I think competition just is good for everybody. And how you respond to it is critical. And so the more we can create, and we'll just keep rotating those guys um, to see, you know, kind of 
how they handle the competition, and, and it's going to, like I've said, it's going to go into fall camp, and the off season will play a role in leadership and, and how the players are responding and rallying around you. I mean, that is an, the, the most important position that we have, and so it's going to take time to evaluate it, but I did think they all took some steps forward. Okay, so a couple of things I want to say about this is, number one, I think it puts in a different perspective for me, and you can agree or disagree on this, be will, about who's getting starter reps. Like, you know, like people mm-hmm. started to make a big, oh, such and such was taking reps with the ones. That doesn't seem to be, that doesn't seem to matter based on what he's saying. He's saying they're going to continue to rotate people in and out. So we shouldn't take too much from that change being indicative of anything. But any thoughts on that? No, I agree. I agree. And and I think there's there's a multi, there's a few layers to the idea that, hey, well, no, I'm not evaluating anybody for one, two, three in the spring, but he he is evaluating them, but it's not a hard stamp of coming out of the spring. You definitely are one. You definitely are right. two. I don't think there's, there's a, a hard order there. I think it's more about what did I see from you that I liked? What did I see from you that improved over the course of spring camp? And that way, he at least has an idea of. I, I want. I don't want to say a pecking order because I think it, it's still all up in the air. I think he wants to see, based on this clip, I think he wants to see how they react once another quarterback comes into that room. How are you then? Are you pouting because you're right. not getting the reps? Is that enough to make you go and jump in the portal? I think it's a, a continuous evaluation. And what Mike G says is that's a lie. You know who was out there if they throwing all wacky passes and they not hitting their targets. Then yeah, I, I think it's absolutely. He knows that you're not accurate enough to be in this race. But I think all things considered, he's reserving judgment because he wants to see a long, drawn out evaluation of not only on field but off field. Once you introduce some other factors, how did you come back? How did you handle your summer conditioning? It, it's a longer process than I think the fans mm-hmm. want to hear it, and. Um, but I, I'm sure it's what's best for the room. Yeah, I mean, room. so one of the things that I think is interesting is that the idea that, well, well, let me ask you a question in regard to this. Do you think that he is doing this because there is no standout, right? Is the competition thing only necessary because there's not a person that's emerged that says, oh, that's going to be the guy right there, right? Because, um, I don't know that anybody's challenging Gar- Jarquez Hunter right now for RB1. Right. It's the two and the three that that maybe the competition is pretty heavy for. Nobody's really challenging DJ James for a corner spot. It's the opposite corner, right? So yeah, yeah. is it because nobody on the offensive line, because he's talked about a lot of guys need to be able to play there? Is it because of the quarterback? Um, I don't think anybody's challenging Rivaldo Fairweather right now for tight end responsibilities he's probably going to be the guy right but like is it because we've got a bunch of guys who could potentially be it and so we're just waiting to see which of these we want to pick or is it because really there's just not a guy Hmm. so i I think it's probably probably two things Um, one is what he talked about the effect that the quarterback has on the team and in on the offense especially but on the team that 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 position is and I've talked about this before, whether it's pro or college, that position is imbued with leadership responsibilities, whether they are a leader or not. And I think one of the things he wants to see 
is whether a guy actually has leadership capability before he just says, you're the best thrower here, go, go get it. Or here, you're, you're the best operator of the offense right here. And at the end of March, you're the guy, go get it. I think he wants to see intangibles from his quarterback. He, he definitely wants intangibles from his quarterback. And I think what he doesn't know about any of these guys, and I think it's fair, Jar- Jarquez Hunter is a dude, period. Point blank. So we don't have to do this questioning. And also, you don't have to put your running back through a gauntlet anyway because you don't want them to get injured. You see what you need to see? Oh, I see it. Good. Go, go sit down. We got you. You Let's wrap you in bubble wrap until, until the fall gets here. And the same thing with cornerback. If you saw the tape from last year, you saw uh, DJ James go against the best wide receivers in this conference and play extremely well. So you don't have to do a bunch of guessing. I do think part of it is you're not that guy skill-wise, accuracy-wise, decision-making-wise. None of you are that guy. So I have to put you through your paces to see, can you be that guy? And not even that you can fully prove it in the spring because I don't really think you can. I think the fall is... He said it's going to go into the fall. Like, he was making it very clear. I'm not making this decision in spring. So you guys can just... You can keep asking the question, but the decision's not going to happen until the fall. Right. So I think the the skill football evaluation will continue for months after, after fall camp, after fall camp. But the biggest part is the intangibles, what these players have not been able to show him because he said maturity before he even got his hands on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He said that room needs to grow up. That was before uh, spring camp. Yeah. That room needs to grow up. I don't think he's seen what he needs to see from any one of them. I, I, if you were going to be uh, critical, you could say maturity issues with TJ Finley for how he reacted after he played poorly and lost his job to injury last season. You could say maturity issues with Robbie Ashford at times on the sidelines, showing frustration, body language when he had a poor play. Um, you could say experience or l- looking extremely green for holding Garner. And a lack of experience. He hasn't been a leader of men because he hasn't been out there to lead anybody. So all of them lack something up to this point. And I think he wants them to prove that because he knows, and I, I'll never forget, it was the 2010 the national championship game, Cam Newton, of course, in Auburn versus Oregon. And Nick Saban was on the panel, right? Because, you know, with the coach and they get him the guest feature on the panel for the national championship game. Yeah. Any, anytime he's not playing, they, they get him for some reason. But yeah. And they asked Nick Saban to predict who was going to win the game. And he was like, well, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, I just I'll, I'll just say he, he didn't want to say Auburn is going to win. I think he, as an Alabama head coach, he didn't want to say the words Auburn is going to win this game. But he said that something to the effect of the value of Cam Newton as a single force and leader at that position kind of raises the tide for all the other players on their team. And he didn't think that that dude was going to lose because he made such a difference for everybody else on the team, offense and defense. That is the value of a good quarterback. Now, Cam is an extreme example because right. he had so much confidence and ability. It, it, was, it was unreal. But we've seen it in, to a lesser extent in a Tim Tebow. Intangibles. Lift the play of the team, if you have that dude, it makes so much of a difference, which is why you can't gamble with just the guy who's your best thrower or just the guy who's your best operator of your offense. Hugh Freeze wants the one that is special. 
And he wants to that player to show that he's special through some trials and tribulations, some some fights in the spring, coming out here with the twos or the threes in scrimmages, having another guy in fall camp, but you're still head down and you're and you're willing to work, meeting the challenges that the coaches put in front of you. And that way, when you come out of fall camp, you at least know that, hey, it's not the fire steel process that you'd have to go through over the course of two or three seasons, but at least with what we threw at you and what you had to face over the course of the nine months before football season starts, you rose to the occasion. So I see why he's waiting a good bit before he makes a definitive choice on quarterback. Yeah, I mean, for for whatever reason, as soon as you said the fire steel situation, I thought you were talking about Kevin Steele. But um, <laughs> the <laughs> I, I could have chose different words. That's a good point. <laughs> but um, one of the things I think is uh, interesting too, like you talk about just we're, we're – trying different things, like seeing the reactions is, you know, again, if you were taking starter reps yesterday, how do you react to tomorrow you're taking, you know, third street reps? Right. Like, is, right. is that going to upset you? Are you going to play, are you going to get, you know, in, in an attitude and not play and go, go all out just because I've got you over here with the walk-ons doing mm-hmm. drills as opposed to where you were yesterday and and it, and I and there's no explanation to it, right? It's not like you did something. We're just trying somebody else out today. Right. And how are you going to react to that sort of thing? Are you still going to be one of the things I heard from practice that I liked a lot was Camden Brown. He was he was down with like an ankle injury, something like that, lower foot, lower um, um, leg injury, and uh, he wasn't able to be at the scrimmage last Friday. Right, so they had one Wednesday, which was two days ago, but last Friday's scrimmage, he wasn't able to actually participate in. But apparently he was on the sidelines, like encouraging guys like, hey, man, we got to play fact. Like, because he understands this is what the coach, not he's not doing it because he wants to coach. Just he's because, just talking about like, right. hey, I, coach wants us to play faster. You guys got to sprint off the field, all the kind of stuff. He's trying to reinforce the habits that he can't physically go out there and do right now for the guys in his room. That's the kind of leadership I think that the coaching staff is looking to see guys who are you still engaged even though you can't be the guy today right and right. And, and those tor- sorts of things those are the kind of guys that you want to have with you when you get into the fall into real games because those are the ones that are going to stay motivated when the game isn't going your way because that's right. that's the big thing like we talk a lot about culture and last season we did a lot of bloviating which now sounds ridiculous about the culture that coach <laughs> brian harson was trying to provide for auburn and Everybody was all good and teamwork and rah-rah gay team until we lost a couple of games, right? So right. we got smacked by Penn State right. and then falls apart. And so you have to kind of fire test that stuff a little bit differently, I think, during the, the spring and summer. And I think that that's what Coach Hugh Freeze is trying to get his staff to do, is he's trying to get them to think differently during practice and create a different kind of competitive mindset to see who's really about winning football games and who's about patting their own stats, patting themselves right. on the back. Right. And, and to that point, he said when he described and evaluated the scrimmage in his own words, he said, well, the offense actually came out a little slow and they got, they got uh, shaken a little bit. He said, ideally, you know, hopefully in the future, they can recover faster and it won't be too much of an issue. But he liked where they ended up by the end of the scrimmage, but he said early, I think the defense got the best of them. Now, I don't know if that's when those sacks and the and the pick six happened or what, but um, apparently the lack of success early affected their ability to go out and operate after they, they had those errors, the offense had those errors. And a lot of what 
we saw last year, because having talked to as many players as we did with Building Rapport last year, the players weren't like, I don't know, man, this season going to be trash. They didn't, they didn't think that, and they didn't feel that way. Right. I think it started to turn once they realized the coaches don't really have a plan to make this better. So once you get out there and it goes wrong, you already know that's it. Yeah. It, it, you can see, seeing the give up is not what I want to say because I didn't see give up until I felt like Arkansas. I saw it on the sidelines of Arkansas. Yeah. That's, they, that's they, were done. they were done. Second half of Arkansas, that team was done. Yeah, that, that was it. So um, I think it's important to for us to keep in mind that however badly things can go, it's going to take some time for the players to get confidence in the coaches because right now everybody's positive because bad things were happening and then it changed. Yeah. Everybody's upbeat now. Coach Hugh Freeze has the best job opportunity he's probably had his entire life, yeah. as does his entire staff. Everybody who is coaching here has, I mean, with the exception of maybe Wes McGriff and uh, Phil Montgomery, they've all been, this is the highest level of coaching they've ever been. So stakes are high for them. The same thing for these players. All right, Robbie had a chance coming in last season, but he actually got a bite at the apple. And now he thinks he can do more. He wants to prove that he can do more. TJ Finley got a chance, didn't go well. Now he has the most to prove or his college career could be a lot worse than he imagined it being. Holden Gariner, he's he got to throw with Cam Newton, and now everybody's talking about you. This is a this is a grade A program. We've been in the dumps the last couple of years. This is a grade A program. Everybody's excited. The hopes are high. He needs to be able to see these players rise to the occasion. And hopefully, if, if anything goes wrong, and I see why he wants to, to make this happen in the spring and probably fall camp too, you need the players to stay engaged and stay motivated so that they can execute your plan to recover because the players need to believe in the coach just as much as the coach believes in the players. Yeah, As much as he talks about locker room being very important, I think that's more so than anything else what he's trying to build in the spring. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's going to be a thing that the players have to figure out how to embrace. And and building that culture is just, uh, it's a difficult thing. I mean, we talk about culture and it's difficult to kind of assess culture until games are being played. Right. Because, right. you know, like, again, happy feelings during the, the, the fall camp even don't really amount to much of anything if you can't produce wins in the fall football game. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. But let's talk to some people. We will start mm-hmm. with the super chat because we love when people do that. Lisa Daniel jumps in and says, "Have y'all written off the Q the QB in the off the QB in the room? I guess all the QBs in the room. All of them are just one. Lisa, help us out with that. I'd about to say yeah. You, when you say off the QB, maybe she meant the QB room. Anyway, um. I'll say this: I have n- I have not personally written off our quarterback room. Um, I just think that there's a long way to go before you understand the system properly, um, especially if you've never done it before. And I think it's a little early to write off the room. 
But um, but yeah, I I haven't. I haven't either. And, and the reason I haven't is because I I don't ever want to put it past an individual to say, that's it. This is my chance for, for the circumstances to bring out the absolute best out of somebody. I, I do think there are limits on how much you can improve accuracy, especially in a short amount of time. I think yeah. there are limits on how much you can just change who you are. And I have serious questions as to whether or not the system that that was put in front of these guys last year, both Robbie and TJ, it was going to take years for them ad- to adapt to it and operate it efficiently. It took Bo Nix really nine games starting before the light turned on. And there were some lows, lows in those nine games before he actually started to look like he picked it up and started to look better as a quarterback. Neither one of these guys got nine starts. If Robbie, no, he didn't start nine. He started eight. Missouri was his first start. Missouri is his first start. So he started nine, but he had a bum shoulder for eight and a half. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as present of mind, healthy body, so that you can really adapt and not have to consciously think about protecting yourself and all that stuff, that didn't happen last year for either one of these guys. I hope that somebody takes that challenge, whether it's Holden Gariner or Robbie Ashford or TJ Finley. Yes, I have questions about whether or not the system wasn't doing enough for them and it held them back. So they didn't even get she, to make a problem. She's clarifying. She's talking about all of them because we talk about the portal. Ah, got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I'm I'm banking on those guys seizing the moment. I'm banking on the motivation not only being personal, but being professional, thinking about, again, like TJ Finley, what if I don't even get to be a starter at a, at a big school no more? That's motivation. What if, hey, well, my NIL opportunities are going to lay at the feet of how well I can show when I get on the field? Well, you got to you got to win spring or fall ball and then you have to get out there and not let up. These opportunities are now tied for all of the negatives of NIL. I think a very big positive may be you know you got a ball out when you get out there, especially for positions where there are there isn't a lot of rotation. How much people know the name T.J. Finley or Robbie Ashford or Holden Gariner is going to depend on, number one, did you get a shot to go out there? Number two, what did you do when you got out there? If you want big NIL checks, you want a sponsorship, you need to go out there and ball. You throw some picks, you fumble the ball, you're out there looking lost and and, and, and just making bad decisions. Listen, man, we're going to sit you down. The, the crowd is not going to be happy and they're going to be on to the next. And those money opportunities are going to be vanishing. I like them having that motivation. There's a lot at stake for these players, and that's why I won't count out the entire room. I don't think every Tiger in that room could change his stripes, though. I'll mm. say that. Mm. There, there, is, there is some deficiencies in everybody's game. I don't think it's a matter of work and practice for everybody to work through them. They won't even get enough time because if you go out there for a game and show badly, I think you're out of here. So who knows which one it will be, but I'm not writing off the entire room, though. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, my thoughts about the portal is I just think that I find it hard to believe that all three of these guys make it to the fall. So the portal is going right. to be necessary just to fill the room out so that you're not relying on two unproven, well, one guy who hasn't proven anything in games and then another person potentially who hasn't um, had the ability to prove anything in a game, right? Right. Because right. again, I just don't know that you make it to fall with all three of the guys still in here. And so the portal's right. going to be necessary just for backfilling. 
Peyton Fool getting an opportunity, finally catching a drop live. Good morning, people. Hope everyone has amazing, productive Friday. Appreciate you dropping in with us there, Peyton Fool. Michael Carlisle jumps in and says, just found a way to change a trip for next week and will now make it to Auburn for the A-Day game. Can't wait. The first competitive A-Day game in a while. If you listen to the structure that Hugh Freeze set out, I like that a lot better. Yeah. The defense, uh, you're going to spot the defense 23. You got to get 24. Go. Yeah. And the reason that's important, because we've said this, I'm going to say it was either last year or the year before that. If the defense can hold the opponent, I, I think 24 is respectable for defense. 27, 27 is okay. You got to be able to give me 20, four touchdowns. Give me four touchdowns offense. I think that's completely fair, especially in the, in the current, the way offense goes right now. Get to 24 is a little low. I don't know if 24 can win you many games unless your defense is just crazy. But yeah, mid to high 20s, go. I love that that structure. I think that makes it more competitive than just, hey, we're going to go. We're going to run clock with the entire. I, I don't know. They, it was that's, like six well, so that, minutes. That's the other something. thing, right? Like, I'm wondering what the clock situation is going to be for that. Like, is it just going to mm -hmm. be like, what's going to be the length of the quarters? How much time is it going to be a full game and they're going to let everybody? I would love to see that. Like, the clock right. is going to be like it is for a regular game. And we're emptying out the bench. Everybody's going to get an opportunity to go in there and contribute because that way you can evaluate everybody. I don't know that we've done a great job of evaluating people in these scrimmages for A-Day. Well, we as fans, now, of course, the coaches have had more time than just the A-Day game. Right, but right. Even with the scrimmage periods, they're not full game type of stuff and they're not these type of scenarios. I don't know that we've had an evaluative A-Day period um, game because you don't get to see most of the people. Last year, Holden Garner was in for one series. Right. Right. Like right. nobody could see what Holden Gariner could do. And again, for the fans, I think it gives us a different kind of investment in the game because you get to see all of these guys perform. And if you're going to be a transfer guy, you'll have some tape right there for everybody to see on national TV. Right. Or ESPN plus app. But still, it's available <laughs> there for you to say, hey, this is me in a game doing a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just getting, you know, maybe some one-on-one -on -one clips from a video that you got from the, you know, right. practices. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yes, uh, definitely looking forward to A-Day. Hopefully you guys will be down there at A-Day and um, we'll see some of you. Michael Carlisle jumps back in here and says he's not evaluating one, one, evaluating one, two, and three. He's evaluating the haves versus the have-nots. So I think that's fair. Have I think that's fair. Because you, you, can, you can see some guys that have it that you might have too much talent in front of them. And mm -hmm. hey, man, you're not gonna see the field, but I want to keep this guy around. You, yeah, you can you can start to see it in, in spring camp. So yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. Um, Aunt Robinson says, "Good morning, fam. I think fall camp is when Coach Hugh Freeze will separate the depth chart. So waiting until fall to start getting into depth chart stuff. I think that that's that that jives with what he said in that clip, at least. Right? Mm -hmm. He said these are yeah. gonna go into the fall. So sure. um, we got a while before we see that. It is gonna be interesting to see who trots out first on a day, though, for sure." Because there's going to be a lot made of that. Uh, James Barnett says, I have a hard time believing that the quarterback that didn't win the job at another school can come in and take the job from a QV that's already working with this staff. Just my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't. I agree with you that if you lose here, if you lose your, your camp, wherever you're at, that you're a better option than here. It's possible if it's a program with a lot of QB talent. Now, Georgia isn't an offensive juggernaut by any means, or at least not, not over the course of Kirby's tenure there, but they've got two guys who are rated as five-star guys. 
both pro style guys, both guys apparently with big arms. And if if they've been sitting behind a guy that's been operating the offense like the way Stetson Bennett was, and hey, you you got to sit, which is good. You got to learn. And you've already been in college, so you're not just completely brand new. I, I think that's a situation. I saw some speculation that, hey, we can pick up one of Georgia's guys. I, I don't like the idea of speculating this far in advance because I think both of those guys are focused on winning that job right now. So and then I don't still with the interconference transfer rule, they couldn't play this fall. So oh, that's true too. Yeah. But I think the one situation that actually makes sense is if you could not transfer because you needed to graduate, um, like a, a Grayson McCall. And again, I'm not even saying absolutely Grayson McCall is the answer to all our problems here, but I like the idea of experience, efficiency, accuracy, and I'm on the market, not because nobody wanted me or because I lost a battle, but because my transfer situation wasn't possible at the first window. I think that's the best case scenario. Um, but no, a guy who lost a job being ready to just turn our, our fortunes around. I'm, I'm with you. I have very little faith in that. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Boyson says, I think someone has separated themselves. Coach Hugh Freeze is just keeping it close to the vest, but a vest, but a day should show us if someone has separated themselves. Mm, perhaps. No, perhaps. I, I mean, I don't know that he's made it. I, I think there's a lot of speculation that he's made a decision. What I think what's clear is that he understands where everybody's weak and where everyone is strong at this point in time. Like, okay, this guy needs to work on this. This guy needs to work on this. And he probably has some leanings in the direction. He he might be one of those that's like, well, I'm kind of hoping this person emerges mm-hmm. and takes the helm. But I don't mm-hmm. think he's seen enough from any one quarterback yet to say that that person is the one. Right. I agree with that. Uh, Brian Hancher says, I'm still more concerned about our O-line than QB. Coach Hufree says, we need help after seeing what we have uh, is tr- what we have is troubling. What I'll say about this is I think he is talking about depth more than I think he feels right. like he might have some quality starters in that group, but but beyond the the one deep, not really sure where we're going to go at each of those places. So I think that's more about a depth thing, um, which is still concerning, right? You need your room to have more depth in case mm-hmm. something happens, right? Right, right. Um, Jonathan Boyson again says, let's be honest, if a brand new offense, though, is killing the defense in spring scrimmages and even a day, I'm going to be a little worried about our D. I agree. I agree. The yeah. de- defense is your, your job is kind of your job with defense, with offense. Things can get wildly different, wildly different. Your, your run scheme gap is it zone. Is it. Uh, it, are, are we shotgun? Are we pistol? So much changes for an offense that you just have to get into the habit of doing the new things that offense needs you to do. And learning those new things takes time. So yeah, if you, if that offense came out there with no idea what they were doing before the end of February and came out here schooling the defense and scrimmages, defense is in trouble, buddy. Trouble. Yeah, I mean, especially considering they're probably running a lot of the same stuff out of base formations, mm-hmm. right? So you're seeing a lot of the same things over and over again. You should be able to, it should be a little more predictable for you what the route combination is supposed to be. They're not trying to trick you as much mm-hmm. or, you know, and Coach Hugh Freeze talked about this too. We're not really game planning. We're right. just running our stuff, right? So it's mm-hmm. not as if we're saying, okay, and th- this is actually very encouraging to hear. This is a very subtle thing that pr- probably a lot of people aren't highlighting the fact that your coach is saying yeah it's it's a little different because we're not game planning meaning mm-hmm. they're going to actually go into a game and say this is how we're going to attack this defense and this right. person in this defense mm-hmm. 
when is the last time you felt like we did that? Instead of saying, this is what we're doing when we're lining up and we're going to go run it. Doesn't matter who it is. Just go run the stuff and and just do it better next time. Yeah, there's, you know what it makes. So we're, we're sitting here talking about how that's the MO for spring camp. Because again, you're just trying to get into the habit of doing the things the offense necessitates that you do. It's like we were running the season like it was fall camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, just go out there and do it again until you get it. Like, hey, man, we losing games. That's actually the uh, the Nate Oates <laughs> basketball um, philosophy. <laughs> man, just go out there and do it better, man. I'm gonna clap my hands real hard on the sidelines to encourage. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Just do it. Just do it better. Yeah. <laughs> Revenue going down all across the city. People don't even want to come in town no more. Come on, let's just do it better. <laughs> Brian Harson is being let go today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got it. I understand. I understand. Oh, man. Uh, Jazzy Joe, our guy, jumps in with a Jazzy Challenge. Location challenge, where am I for 150 for the state that borders it? We'll marinate on that when you got any guesses where Jazzy might be. You know what? After I thought about it last time, I'm going to say Tennessee for a long time because of how many states it touches. Tennessee. Mm. All right. I am going to go... Ooh, let's say he is somewhere in the Midwest. I'm gonna go. Let's go Nebraska. Why not? Let's go Nebraska. All right. Jazzy's in Nebraska. I don't even know if that's even close to accurate, but hey, listen, we got a chance. As long um, as you some states away from where my state is, we got a chance with the border. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Dave Medlock jumps in and says, Robbie's shoulder giving him issues this spring right after nursing it for most of last year makes me nervous. I hope the young man yeah. gets good medical advice to get slash stay healthy. Yeah, that I think so. We we talked about how how worrisome that was. The same shoulder that that you had a problem with before was his diagnosis correct after the season. Um, Mike was even concerned that did he do some long term damage to it by playing through it? Yeah. Because it's not. I mean, he didn't throw a lot, and he wasn't great throwing when he threw. And that injury makes that make sense. But when he did throw, I mean, he was able to salvage a couple of throws over the course of that season. It's like, huh. Of course, that Iron Bowl throw uh, stands out, the touchdown Javarius Johnson in the corner. Did he do something to it? If there's something still wrong with it, can it be repaired now? Is it a chance? Because again, you you get shoulder surgery, you, your shoulder is reset to level zero, buddy. We're not talking about level zero for a football player. We're talking about level zero for a human. You got to, your arm won't even leave the side of your body. They have to train it in therapy, and then eventually you'll get your full range of motion back. And then eventually you can start to, um, do a better job of of trying to train it up and re-strengthen those muscles. It would set him so far back in in the competition. Like maybe he would be physically ready to compete in fall camp, but you're not going to be throwing heavy. You can't put torque on that thing if you're just coming off a of shoulder surgery. I mean, it takes we're talking six nine months. If he needs surgery, it might not be good. And the last time I can remember somebody having a shoulder issue, he couldn't quite work through it. Zach Calzada. Yeah. Yeah, Zach Calzada was never right um, for Auburn again after he had his injury, his shoulder surgery. Uh, never saw the field, so yeah. it's what it is. Uh, Jazzy says he's in California, ready to make my way home for A-Day. So a couple hey, of you know the, the family is going to be there for A-Day. Um, okay. So uh, Michael Carlisle, I think, was asking, are we going to be there for A-Day? I will be in town for A-Day. Of course, B-Will lives in Auburn, so he's going to be in town, but probably not at the game. 
Yeah, I think my son's got a birthday party, man. And uh, he very rarely goes. It's like his one consistent friend over the last two, three years. We're going to see. We're going to see if we can get the, the grands involved and try to get, get me and Ike out there. We're going to see. Yeah, and I think Mike is going to be in town as well. He's probably going to be the only one not in town. So, uh, Last one here and we'll, before we get out of here, Jazzy Joe jumps back in. How about all these wide receiver targets we are looking at? Dope. As far as, um, I'm assuming the... Um, Recruits. Yeah, recruits coming up. Um, listen, man, Walker White is out there doing work. He's like, man, I, I, I like the way that he approaches it. It's very... Um, uh, I won't say it's like a a spam person, but like it'll be like, hey, I was looking at your uh, I was looking at your film, and I really like what I saw. You should come to Auburn. Like those LinkedIn messages. Yeah. Hey, if you want to help your business get to, hey man, I don't even I don't even do sales. Leave me alone. Yeah, no, nah, but it's but it's always but it's always really. It, it seems like he's expressing genuine interest. It's like, well, I was looking at your profile, and I saw that you were a graduate from Auburn University, and I just wanted to see, like it's one of those type mm-hmm. of situations. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's definitely. Definitely working hard out there on behalf of this new upcoming class to try to get more talent to follow him to the planes. You know what? I was thinking about when Heather Dennis made that comment uh, on Twitter, be patient with your wide receivers. Even though I know our current receivers didn't want to hear that, you know who that probably does good work for? Wide receiver recruits. Mm-hmm. Walker White, it got probably just got a little easier for the guys who think they want to recruit, want to play early to say, hey, so y'all need, y'all ain't looking good? Quarterback won't be there. Quarterback's tape is good. I mean, I, I, Walker White has a chance to be a five-star recruit by the by the time the cycle closes. You combine that with, you know, Ryan Williams looking at us again after apparently a terrible recruiting effort on, from the last staff. I think we got a shot, man. I think we got a shot to clean up. If we we said this when Harson was here, and it's still true, he just didn't have what it took uh, to get it done. If they show well with an offense, we don't have to be the best offense in the conference. Show proof of concept that can work more often than it fails over the course of the season, win eight to nine games and say, listen, the difference between eight to nine games and 11 to 12 games is you. We got a quarterback coming in that we think is the next coming. Come be a part of it. Get on board. Get on board with the program. We can clean up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I think Coach Hugh Freeze has been sending the bat signal out there to recruits like, hey, man, we're not where we need to be. We need you guys to come on board. He's, he's sending that message out to the transfer portal. There's a lot of people out there sending messages to people to come on board with what they got. Drive!